1: grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. So how's your 2020 going so far? I mean the world has gone insane but how are we the church supposed to respond? How is Jesus calling us to be his peace? What if God was calling us to lay down our rights to take up his banner as peacemakers? Which will probably change the way you interact with your friends and enemies. RealLife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But this is a listener-supported radio ministry, so if you can bless us today, please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. Today is part one of the message called A Call for Peacemakers. Pastor Sean has a word for you in this unique season. It's time for reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: We're, uh, we're in a time when it seems like uh, the whole world is going crazy all at the same time, doesn't it? It's been a crazy 2020. Last week, we sp- focused specifically on some of the protests and some of the issues, and, and we recognized that the Bible teaches we are one. We are one as the body of Christ, and we're a diverse body all over the world, followers of Jesus, different races, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different perspectives, but we are one. And what that means, okay, we are one, which means my brother's burden is my burden. My brother's burden is my burden. So as my brothers and sisters, particularly my brothers and sisters of color, have this burden that they're carrying, it's my burden. You know, and, and there are other birds in the body of Christ, and we recognize that, but, but we saw, we said, if one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. If one part of the body is honored, we all celebrate. That's the way it should be. And as such, we can be a model of the solution, I think. God designed the body of Christ to show us, to show the world what his love looked like lived out in community, and what real relationships should look like. And so we have an opportunity we should shine. And, and while there may be some who just have turned off the message, they don't want to hear the message, it's pretty hard when you see a, a community that's just operating it by a totally different set of rules, who really are living and operating as one, and because of that, they're bearing each other's burdens. And that's a powerful, powerful idea. We've seen the whole world um, just... I think, respond in, some people respond in, in I think, reasonable and appropriate ways. And then others who've responded with, well, we saw George Floyd and we saw him killed by violence. And so what we're going to do to protest violence is we're going to go inflict more violence. And that doesn't make sense. And yet we see it. And it's convoluted the message gets convoluted. It's, it's one of those things where, where you, just, you see things and you go, man, that doesn't make sense. You hear people say things and you go, but wait a minute, you're, you're, you're ignoring a whole pile of reality and it's just all this stuff. And into that, we step and we say, okay, well, how do I actually live? Because I gotta live in this world. I, gotta, I wanna make a difference. I wanna do something that, that matters and that is helpful and that furthers the cause of Christ and really does help me bear my brothers' and sisters' burden as they bear my burden. And so I want to kind of this morning reset the baseline for you. I want to read a passage of Scripture. It's from the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm not going to put it on slides because I just want you to listen to it. I want you to hear it again. It's a familiar passage. Okay, the Sermon on the Mount, these Chapters from Matthew 5, 6, and 7 has been called the Magna Carta for the kingdom of God. It's this idea that there's a whole separate thing that Jesus was ushering in. It wasn't just a different set of rules or a different religious kind of path. It was something completely different. And so Matthew chapter 5 tells us this. It says, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. I find that interesting. I've been on that mountain. I've been on that kind of hillside going down into the Sea of Galilee. And you can just imagine. And, And what's interesting is it says, he sees the crowds and he calls his disciples to him. Does that mean that this was to a huge crowd? Well, maybe many of the crowd were able to hear him. But what we know is he sees the crowds, and something in that vision compels him to call his disciples. It's almost like he's talking to his disciples, and he's he's showing them this crowd of humanity, this sea of humanity of people, their needs, their burdens, the stuff they carry. And we're told he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and other, utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then he goes on out of those verses, and he doesn't stop. He just continues Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. thank you for the kingdom that you usher in and that we're a part of. Help us to hear you and help us to follow in Jesus' name. Amen. See, that's the baseline. When Jesus started out, that's what he said. That's the foundation. The, the first thing we recognize is we're of another kingdom. He says it right up front. Poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's a different kingdom that we're called to be a part of. We're, there is a kingdom of this world. It has a system. It has, it has rules. It has kind of issues and problems. And we're in that kingdom. But when we become followers of Jesus Christ, when we're filled with the spirit, we are of another kingdom. See, we're of another kingdom, and what these words that Jesus said, this is who we are in Christ. That's who we are in him. This is how we respond. This is how we respond to what goes on around us. Did you hear what he said? And I want you to really hear this. This is how we influence. This is how we are, salt, that changes the flavor of the conversation, the flavor of the culture around us. This is how we are light, which illuminates and changes the perspective of the world around us. I want us to focus in, particularly this morning, I think it's timely and important for us, on verse 9. Look what it says. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Peacemaker. Peace. I think if we're going to talk about peace, we have to understand the framework which Jesus comes from. The Hebrew concept of peace is a significant one. It's represented by the word shalom. And shalom is never simply, that kind of peace is never simply a negative word. It's not the absence of conflict. We sometimes think of peace and we think, okay, there's no conflict going on. And so think we're at peace. Oh, good. That's not the concept of shalom. Shalom is not the negative absence of conflict conflict. It is a positive presence of something different. It is the presence of things as they should be. Things as God intended them. Things being made right in him. The shalom or the peace of God. And It is a powerful, powerful concept. And I think we need to kind of get our heads around that. It's not just something that you, you kind of, okay, I don't have conflict, so I'm okay. No, this is something I bring into a situation, the shalom. It's a state of being, all is well. It's like ultimately restored harmony with God. That's what Jesus came to deliver to mankind, peace. You know, when we were in our Philippians study, we talked about that salutation that Paul often uses, grace and peace. And he uses it in some of the other letters as well. Grace and peace to you. And it's not just a cool kind of thing that Paul thought, hey, that looks good. And then he practiced his signature under then That'll be my Paul thing, right? Grace and peace.
1: Now let's take a quick minute to remind you. You're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this special message called A Call for Peacemakers, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help other families like yours. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And another way to bless the ministry and yourself is to pick up the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. Series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit filled life.
2: I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit.
1: Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit filled Life by Sean Zaro today at Amazon or Reaching for Real And now back to the message A Call for Peacemakers. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: Grace and peace, as we saw in that study, grace and peace is the gospel in a nutshell. It's the gospel in a nutshell. When you think about it, peace is our destination. Grace is how we get there. Peace is what Jesus came to bring. He came to bring peace with God by dealing with the sin and by providing a way for forgiveness and for us to be filled with the Spirit. In other words, relationship with God restored and his Spirit in us. And grace is how we get there. Grace is the path that has to be walked. It has to be by the grace of Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. So peace is our destination. Grace is how we get there. That's that powerful idea behind the phrase grace and peace. Remember in Philippians, we talked about that peace a little bit, Philippians 4, 7. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension. And I... Paul's not just using flowery words there, okay? It really does. It's not like other peace. It's really not. The peace of God which surpasses all comprehension shall, look, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is something, honestly, that I am praying for for the body of Christ in this current time we're in, that our hearts and our minds would be guarded by his peace. Because right now, people's hearts, I'm watching it happen. I'm watching it happen in conversations. I'm watching it happen as I watch news. I'm watching it as I, as I look at people I know on social media. And the anger is rising. At exactly the time, anger should not be rising. At exactly the time when we should be coming together, listening to each other. And we should be walking together and say, we've got issues we've got to resolve. So how are we going to do it? And, and I'm watching just this the, the heat and the friction increase. The peace of God which passes all comprehension shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I love that, that phrase. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. They'll be called the sons of God. I find that fascinating. I mean, Think about it. Father's business is all about peace. Jesus came to bring peace. So the peacemakers, the ones who are carrying peace into the world, we're the sons and daughters of God. It's like we're in the family business. It's like we got, got, got involved in the family business. His business is peace. First, peace with God through Jesus, and then peace with one another. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's all, what it's all about, peace. And so peacemakers are involved in the family business. And I, I also, this idea of the sons and daughters of God, it's like when we go out in the world and we are peacemakers, we're a chip off the old block. I don't know if there's another time when we look more like Father. The family resemblance shows up. Oh, you must be one of his kids. Yeah, he's all about making peace and look at you here being a peacemaker the sons and daughters of the king see this idea of peacemaker it's a big concept it's a big idea and here's the main point i want you to write this down we're not called to be peace lovers we're called to be peacemakers we are not called to be peace lovers we're called to be peacemakers lots of people are peace lovers right lots of people and most of us at some point we want peace okay maybe there's a few of you who just i love a good fight that's fine I'm Irish. I get it. Okay. But you know, I mean, we want, we want peace. We, we want to be free from conflict and strife so that we can just, we can do our jobs. We can, we can love our families. We can care for our friends. We can live out our faith. You know, that's what we want. So lots of people can be peace lovers. And, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I think we should be peace lovers, but that's not what we're called to. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, blessed are the peacemakers. See, We're not called to be peace lovers. We're called to be peacemakers. And that's a difference. Jesus in Luke chapter 10 shared something. And this is time he's just sending out his disciples and his followers to go and minister ahead of him. And he's giving them some instructions. And he talks about when they go into a city. Look at Luke 10, 5 and 6. I love this picture. He says, when you enter a house, first thing you say, first say, peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. Isn't that interesting? If not, it will return to you. How's that happen? What's actually going on there? If not, it won't be stolen. If not, it will return to you. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. It's like this peace is almost this thing we carry with us. We carry it and it's like we walk into a place and all of a sudden the peace of God comes and enters and the environment's supposed to change a little bit. And if someone's there who isn't interested, okay, Jesus said your peace will return to you. It won't be stolen, but it will return to you. So you maintain your peace and it goes with you. Interesting. You remember what he said later on in that same passage? He said, you go to a city and they reject you. What do you do when you get to the outskirts of the town? Shake the dust off your feet. Don't carry it with you. Don't let it build up. I love that picture. And remember what Jesus did on that final night, the night he was betrayed, how he washed his disciples' feet. This idea and he said, you do this for each other. Don't let the dust, don't let the dirt from the world of rejection, the hurt, the fear, don't let it build up on your feet. Let your peace return to you. This idea of peace is a powerful, proactive thing that the follower of Jesus Christ is supposed to carry with us into circumstances and situations. It is his peace. And it's an absolute game changer. We're not called to be peace lovers. We're called to be peacemakers. A few things about peacemakers real quickly here. First, peacemakers are proactive. Peacemakers are proactive. This is just the truth. They don't wait around. Peace lovers We'll sit and go, man, I wish we had peace. Oh, I hate this. Oh, man, such a drag. What's on Netflix? <laughs> Nothing wrong with Netflix, okay? Don't get me wrong. But the point is they're not, the peacemakers are different. They're proactive. They're like, how can I be used by God to initiate, to bring about peace, his peace? They're proactive. Had an interesting experience um, you remember when we had the, fir- the, the second Gulf War? George W. Bush was president, right? And I happened to be in Estonia on like the day that they went into Iraq, when the U.S. actually formally said, we're going to go, we're going to get rid of Saddam, and they went into Iraq. Remember, Saddam had been a lunatic, and you know the things he'd done to his own people, things he'd done in the region— Finally, and you can figure, what what, should we have, should we have not? Wait, were there weapons of mass destruction? No, there weren't. Oh, my gosh. Whatever. There was this sense that we are going to remove him. He's done enough damage. And that happened while I'm in Estonia. And so, of course, everyone is asking me about this because not only am I American, so obviously George Bush is texting me about the whole decision, but I'm from Texas. So he and I clearly work together at Crawford all the time on the ranch, right? Yeah. But they're asking me, like, you know, what do you think? Oh, my gosh, why are you, What are you personally shipping out from here to Iraq? No, no, I'm not, I'm not. But they're asking these questions, and I get it, I understand. It was, it was all over the world, world news, it was a big deal, and I was from America, I was a close contact for them, right? Well, on that trip, one of the people we got to talk to, a really neat lady, she was actually a professor, a, a university professor, a very bright lady, um... And she was talking to me about how much Estonians, because Estonia was different. Estonia was the last nation to come under Soviet rule. They held out the longest. They were one of the. La, they were the last nation. So they were different than some of the others, and you could see it. There were people, older people there, who still remembered free Estonia. And so, and it was a very unique place. And it was they were not as far they were not as far gone as far as you could see the old Estonian architecture which is beautiful that kind of Eastern European architecture which was gorgeous and then you see the Soviet block buildings and the, it, you could just see that the contrast was real obvious in Estonia and so this lady told me of how much Estonians loved Ronald Reagan and they did they absolutely loved him because Reagan was the one you remember who stood up to the Soviets and said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And he had the Star Wars thing, which the Soviets were freaked out about, and they had to try to keep up with, and they couldn't afford it. And it finally just ground their whole machinery to where they just couldn't keep up. And they saw Ronald Reagan as a major hero of the Estonian people. And she told me, true story, she said, there are all kinds of little Estonian boys named Ronald or Ronnie. Little Ronnie with his long Eastern European last name. Awesome. And she, she told me that. Now, understand, she then proceeds. Now, we're talking. She then proceeds to say how terrible what's happening with Iraq is, how bad George Bush is, and what a crazy man he is, and all these things about Iraq. And I'm listening, and I listen the whole time, and it's a great conversation. And at the end, I say, well, you know, I think there are some people who just wonder if maybe someday there will be a bunch of little Iraqi kids named George. And she looked at me. <laughs> it had never occurred to her to think of it that way. See, we all love the person who stands up to our dictator, our oppressor. We're not sure. We're, we're, we, care. we don't want to support that person who stands up to someone else's dictator. They saw Ronald Reagan Ronald Reagan was called a warmonger by many people in the world because of standing up to the Soviet Union not in Estonia and not in most of Eastern Europe definitely not in East Berlin because nobody likes the dictator who stands up to someone else but we all love the dicta- uh, we, we all love the the person who stands up to our dictator who stands with the person who's who's oppressing us And that was just one of those things that it was, and and she kind of looked at that and just thought, wow, I, I hadn't thought of it like that. And, you know, you can argue the politics, the pros, the cons, whatever. The fact is, they loved that Ronald Reagan said, I'm drawing a line here and no more. And they were grateful. See, peacemakers have to sometimes go in and get their hands dirty. Non-confrontational, being non-confrontational is great for peace lovers. Peacemakers sometimes have to be confrontational. Now, as followers of Jesus, it's different. We do it differently. We have a different approach to it. We're supposed to do it by a different set of rules because we're part of a different kingdom. But still, we don't get to sit on the sidelines and say, wow, I hope somebody does something. We're supposed to be ones who say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I want to be a peacemaker. And peacemakers have to be proactive. Have to be willing, sometimes be confrontational. Peacemakers are on a mission. Isaiah 52, 7, look what it says. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim what? Who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. It's this idea of A message and a mission of peace. See, for us in our application, like, well, it's one thing, okay, national leaders, and they, they have a whole different way they're gonna do that, and they have to think about military, government leaders have to think about police and all those different things that are very complex in a society. We don't really I I don't have that burden. I just have to go say, What do I do? What can I do in our situation to be a voice for peace. I think there's a point where we say, we choose to say, I'm going to be an ambassador for peace. I'm going to be a peacemaker in our current scenario, our current situation.
1: That's Pastor Sean Ozzaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. If you'd like to hear this full message called A Call for Peacemakers, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback on our Contact Us page, or even better,